If you enjoy the harrowing of Minerva Damson and want to join the Order of Joan in their fight against the monsters stalking the trenches, there are several ways you can support the war effort. Find us on Patreon and enlist, or donate to the Order on Acast. You can also connect with Order Headquarters via Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Links can be found in our bio. The Harrowing of Minerva Damson is a horror podcast and contains descriptions of war that some may find graphic or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The year is 1431, and it is a clear morning in the city of Rune. Out in the city market square, an execution is about to take place. The woman being led to the stake is accused of witchcraft and heresy. But of course this is all a sham, as with most women put to the torch in this fashion. A flimsy political justification to murder one of the brightest, most exceptional women of her age. One who began her life as little more than the daughter of peasants in an obscure village in eastern France. According to her own testimony, God had other plans for her. From the moment she heeded this calling, she was set on a path that would see her outsmarting some of the greatest military minds of her lifetime and creating the conditions in which her king could finally take his country back from the English. Because she is common, because she is a woman, because she beat men decades her senior on the battlefield, she has made bitter and powerful enemies. For her virtues that put greater men to shame, she cannot be allowed to live. She is burned, and her body burned again and a third time to make sure there is nothing left to revere. Joan of Arc, the Maid of Orléans, the woman warrior sent by God to free the people of France, is dead. But her courage and faith live on. At a small convent in eastern France, a group of nuns inspired by the Maid have adopted a new vision for themselves— they will be as she was, fierce and bold in their lives and dedication to their faith. The church, though wary of this transformation, is reluctant to quash this fledgling sect. The French public is still raw and angry in the wake of their holy woman's death, and the newly dubbed Order of Joan have the support of the common people, as well as the patronage of a few powerful and well-placed noble women. Cunning minds in the church decide to give this order their blessing on one condition. The women must take up a dangerous and impossible mission, one they are sure will destroy the upstart nunnery before more damage can be done. 
they must hunt down and dispatch the monsters of Europe. The Order of Joan gladly takes up this treacherous mission, and then does something even more surprising. They succeed. Where heroes and monster slayers of legend had worked largely alone and with mixed success, the Order's so-called knights work in groups, note and share successful strategies with each other, and, most surprisingly of all, seek the knowledge of elders and hedge witches, village people who practice folk magic and know the local lore inside and out. Instead of suffering humiliating defeats or dying on the talons of beasts, the Order gains prestige and wins the affection of the masses just as their namesake had before them. By the time the Church realizes its mistake, the Order's connections, capital, and power among the people have grown too great to challenge directly without risking worse calamity. Instead, they, along with other interested parties, adopt the more subtle approach of casting the Order as the most egregiously unwomanly occupation, its members little more than frigid, ugly shrews and outcasts. Social stigma does its job better than any Inquisition might, and while public approval for the Order never fully dies out, the steady stream of women, both noble and common, fueling its explosive growth, dwindles down to a steady trickle, mostly sourced from the working classes, women looking for opportunity in a world that affords them few. But the Order of Joan nevertheless persists, ever adaptable, and broadens their horizons, loosening ties with the church as they welcome women from all faiths into their ranks. As their days of monster hunting fade into twilight, they become the stalwart sentinels regulating the interweavings of the magic and mundane, keeping both safe from the other and, when necessary, eliminating rogue sorcerers who might upset this uneasy balance. Their presence, while perpetually thin on the ground, is a grudgingly respected part of many communities the world over. And then the war to end all wars begins, and desperate militaries begin experimenting with magic on an industrial scale, tampering with powers poorly understood even in the hands of expert magicians. The Order finds itself caught in a maelstrom of shifting alliances, deadly magics, and bloodshed on a scale never before seen. These are the perfect conditions to wake old monsters, and to create new ones. To this new calling, a new generation of women responds. The formation of the Order of Joan in the wake of Joan of Arc's death is perhaps the cardinal shift in the alternate history behind the harrowing of Minerva Damson, second only to the pervasive and tangible presence of magic. There are many other shifts, large and small, that take place after 1431, and that shape the world and its timeline in ways both obvious and subtle. Because these historical events are the backdrop, not the main focus, of Minnie's story, they will appear only glancingly. But rest assured that the world she lives in is, in many ways, radically different. The following work of fiction dives into the horrors of a World War I that is alternate to our own, and features monsters both familiar and novel. Listener discretion is advised.
The Harrowing of Minerva Damson and its related stories are written, narrated, and produced by Jessica Linkhart, and features additional voice work by Miranda Lewis, Claire Miller, and Jamie Sykes. Art assets done in collaboration with Mitch Lewis. Thank you for listening. Our tale will continue next week.